G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always good on a Thursday to catch up with Family Voice Australia who are actively campaigning in a whole lot of different dimensions. The State Director for New South Wales and the ACT is Greg Bondar from Family Voice Australia. Greg, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil, and good morning. Hey, Greg, a senator has called for a child abuse anime review concerning what is happening with uh, the dark side to anime and manga depicting child exploitation. Uh, What's happening here? Look, this is a really disturbing situation, uh, Neil. Um, Interestingly, uh, politicians are hard to trust, but in this particular instance, the South Australian Centre Alliance... um, Senator Sterling Griff earlier this year called on government to take action against anime uh, because of its absolutely threatening and dangerous uh, depiction of child abuse. Uh, in particular, um, the senator pointed out that the, uh, there was graphic, sexualised animated videos in the comic books uh, featuring children Uh, These are, of course, produced in Japan, sold all over Australia. They only have an M rating for mature audience, and anyone can buy them, which is really, really disturbing because they contain depictions of wide-eyed children in school uniforms engaged in explicit sexual activities and poses, and, of course, they are being sexually abused. Um, So we have to take action on this now. Greg... uh Give us a little insight here of what you know about Japanese law, because if it's coming out of Japan, they don't seem to be too worried, but here in Australia we're worried about it. Uh, what's different about the way Japanese see these sorts of depictions? Yeah, look, uh, Neil, I don't know if, if your listeners know, but unfortunately in Japan, which really disturbs me, because I find them very humble people and uh, very uh, easy to talk to, and I've been to Japan many times, but Japanese law exempts manga and anime from exploitation laws because the images do not depict real children. Now, really, we've got to be very careful about this because cartoons or animations are just as um, effective with children and in particular uh, anyone watching them. And here we're talking about, uh, 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 you know, potential pedophiles and what have you. Now, compare that to the Australian law, Neil, where possession and distribution of abuse material depicting a representation of a person who appears to be under 18 is totally illegal. So we have a real contrast here between Japanese and Australian law. Okay, and what are you calling people to do? Uh, Get in touch with the minister. What's uh, what's the best thing for people to do to respond when they're concerned about this? And there'd be families... Uh, people from families listening to us today who know that their children are looking at anime material. Uh, what yeah. are you hoping that people will do? Yeah, thank you. Now, look, uh, interestingly, my wife's a school teacher at an all-girls school, and she was telling me just the other night that, wow, the number of children in her particular school that do 
use anime is disturbing. So what we've decided to do and what we have actually done, Neil, is we've written to the Federal Minister, Paul Fletcher, Minister for Communications, and we've put to him three questions, and they are, why has child abuse material imported from Japan been declared legal by the Australian Classification Board? Then we asked him, is the board, Classification Board, failing in its duty to protect Australian children by allowing material that could be used by pedophiles to groom their victims? And thirdly, Neil, we said, why are the classification guidelines inadequate to protect Australian children from this child abuse material. So those three points were written to Paul Fletcher and now we're asking for all our, all your listeners, Neil, to please write to Paul Fletcher, the federal government, asking the same question because this is really disturbing and uh, I think we need to protect our children. And I know there are lots of listeners who will respond to that call because they're concerned about that sort of issue and they're concerned about what is influencing Australian children. Hey, let's move on to another issue and one that's concerning uh, around things that are developing in Northern Ireland for churches. And uh, there's going to no doubt be some ramifications here in Australia into the future. But uh, churches that refuse to perform same-sex weddings... And the government's been threatening Northern Ireland churches. What's been happening there in, in your understanding, Greg? Well, this is interesting because I think this is going to spread worldwide, but let's hope that we can address it as well. In Northern Ireland, Neil, the official, well, the government, I guess, they wrote to all the churches demanding to learn if they would hold same-sex marriages and threatening to no longer recognise wedding rights if those churches did not answer to the state's satisfaction. In other words, if you don't perform same-sex marriages, we won't recognise the marriage. So what happened was the, the, the Irish um, uh, Christian Institute reminded officials that, hey, churches have the legal freedom to conduct male-female weddings or to opt into a scheme recognising same-sex marriage, but they can't be forced in doing it. And guess what's happened, Neil? The government's written back to all the churches with a huge apology, saying after threatening to no longer recognise marriages conducted by Northern Ireland churches, uh, they have, de- they have uh, said to the churches, we apologise, you do not have to re- come back to us, and you are free to conduct male-female marriages. So there's been a big turnaround from the Irish government. Uh, but we need to be aware that these sort of um, issues will arise here in Australia in the years to come now. It sounds like if you read between the lines, Greg, uh, there's a rogue bureaucrat uh, somewhere mm. in the Northern Ireland government that decides that, hey, let's put the churches under a bit of pressure here and let's demand that they conduct same-sex weddings. That sort mm. of thing can happen anywhere with someone who is in a position of authority within the bureaucracy that could actually make that sort of demand apart from the government knowing it. And then the government then has to backpedal and uh, make apologies and all sorts of things. But damage gets done when that sort of thing gets out. Yeah, look, that's exactly right, Neil. And, and one of the trends, and we, we, we can see it here in Australia, governments want to control the meaning of marriage and the conduct, conduct of faith institutions, which is a, a trend in the wrong direction. The current culture in the law is increasingly accepting same-sex behaviour. Churches holding to the 
created order and biblical teaching, Neil will become marginalised and targeted. We need to prepare what are we going to do and how are we going to respond when government writes to our churches saying either you recognise same-sex marriage or we won't recognise your, your wedding to male and female. So we've got to be prepared because it really is, um, if, you, if you're biblical, Neil, as we are, marriage, Genesis, it's all there and we need to uphold that faith. Hey, it draws us to a third point we want to talk about today with you, Greg, and that is, and certainly when it comes to issues around uh, standing for a biblical, traditional definition of marriage uh, between a man and a woman, it puts you on mm-hmm. the edge, and, and some people don't like you when you actually say, hang on a second, this is what I believe, and this is the foundation for that. Uh, but a lot of people have found over the time that they've come under real scrutiny, and what we would even say is a level of persecution because they've held to a biblical position on things and uh, there is a popular terminology that is around now it's been around for a long time but it's really come to the fore the idea of cancel culture and Greg you've been talking about how Christians understand cancel culture of recent times so give us some insights here yeah Neil please if I can draw your attention to this this is growing and growing and it's quite disturbing Cancel culture has now become the in thing. In other words, people say, what's cancel culture? Basically, it's the action taken by what I call the loony left to boycott or refuse to promote a particular person or company's product uh, or or, or their actions or whatever because they've said something that, that is politically incorrect according to them. And the examples I can give you, people want to know what I'm talking about, cancel culture, the persecution of Israel Folau. Drew Pavlau in the Queensland University. Chris Lilly, who has a Netflix, is a comedian, had all his shows cancelled because he, he, he painted himself brown. Sonia Krug, if you remember, mentioned something on Muslim migration, so she got attacked in the social media. Peter Ridd, Professor Peter Ridd, up at James University, you know, challenged the climate change, so he was sacked. Warren Mundine, Jacinta Price were all hounded and persecuted in social media because they didn't agree with the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, Greg, there are identities who are prominent who you can use as an illustration for this cancel culture. But uh, what happens uh, with those well-known personalities uh, also happens with people who are going about their ordinary day-to-day job. And they're not even high-profile people, but uh, people who were, uh, you know, uh, editors uh, on uh, newspapers, uh, people who write books that disagree with the current uh, political correctness. These are the sorts of people who are at risk. Absolutely. I mean, you, you remember J.K. Rowling. She got attacked for making certain comments about women. Uh, editors who are running newspapers were, were asked to change stories. Uh, one of the best uh, examples is, I don't know if you know Goya, but Goya is a food manufacturer. The CEO was seen uh, at, a, at a function with uh, President Donald Trump. And straight away, the, the, the lunar left got onto social media and started to say, don't buy Goya products, uh, this guy has to be sacked, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this particular cancel culture mentality has got to stop because what makes cancel culture dangerous, Neil, is that the debate reflects social media as the medium for left-wing norms 
as a justification for cancellation. In other words, why are we why are we deferring to social media from the loony left as being the norm? It's not the norm, and we have to pry it up as Christians because you and I both know, Neil, if I talk about conception being, uh, you know, if I believe that life begins at conception or I believe that marriage is between male and female, uh, I'm going to be hounded by social media. And as Christians, we just need to do three things now. Make sure that... Uh, we are courageous in our perseverance. Uh, we make sure that we seek, seek the reward of God before we, we claim that of the current culture. And thirdly, we need to engage with the cancel culture with truth and grace. And uh, I think, you know, Paul said it very well in Timothy uh, uh, 6.12, fight the good fight, fight for the faith, Neil. Uh, good stuff. And of course, given that there are circumstances around the world right now, uh, and I know that the left, especially in the US, wants to align the Christian church with Donald Trump uh, in a significant way. Now, the church is a supporter of Donald Trump because uh, he's been the one who has actually, uh, in some sense, uh, brought evangelicals to the fore and uh, stopped them yep. uh, being sort of left out on the sidelines. So there is a certain sense in which the left wants to align Christians with Donald Trump and they use that as a platform for calling the Christians a hateful group and uh, that tends to happen more often, Greg. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is one of the... Uh, uh, a governor in the USA recently tweeted, and I'll just quote this to you. Unfortunately, Christians don't have much of a reputation for anything but hate these days, thanks to Franklin Graham, and other Trump friends. Now, as soon as that was said, guess what type of objections there were from uh, the media? Absolutely zero. Absolutely zero. In other words, as soon as you align church and Trump together, oh, we can't criticise that at all, even though as, as Christians we're offended by it, but the media have taken absolutely nothing you know, nothing up on this, and it's disappointing because we spoke last week or the week before, Neil, on how left-leaning the media is here in Australia and overseas. Well, that's an interesting one because uh, don't expect a defence from mainstream media. They will overlook it. They will assume mm. that because you're a Christian and the left is calling you hateful, that somehow or other that must be true. Uh, really appreciate your thoughts there when you said mm. uh, Christians should see persecution as a call to courageous perseverance, you said seek the reward of God before the acclaim of culture. You know, seek God's approval rather than men's mm. approval and choose to engage the culture with truth and grace. Uh, good insights, good wisdom there, Greg. Uh, really appreciate your insights as usual. Uh, let me point people to the website of Family Voice Australia. It's familyvoice.org.au and uh, Greg Bondar is the State Director for Family Voice for the New South Wales and ACT. Greg, great insights. Thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 